What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer, three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now. And this is going on our second with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, guys, we were going to strictly talk about the Chargers 2019 first round draft prospects today, but we did get some actual content to talk about outside of that with Keenan Allen yesterday, basically trashing Le'Veon Bell's rap. We have the Chargers coming out with their 2019 draft hat, which uh, we'll talk about later. And then we also have the AAF, the American Alliance of Football which as of today, on Tuesday, as we're recording this, has suspended all football operations. So not good for the AAF. So we're going to start there, and then we're going to talk about some of the Chargers candidates for possible selections in the first round of the 2019 draft. We have a couple guys in particular we're going to talk about today and then talk about some other targets on the, on the, on the shows to come. So on today's show, we're going to talk about Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle out of Clemson, just a huge mountain of a man. And then we're also going to talk about Cody Ford, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, who had a really good season on one of the best offensive lines in the country last year. So that's how we're going to round up the last two segments of the show. We're going to break down those guys and talk about what we think about them as prospects. But I do want to start with Keenan Allen getting into it with Le'Veon Bell on Twitter we got a good old-fashioned Twitter beef between Keenan Allen and Le'Veon Bell. So basically, Le'Veon Bell posted a video of a rap that he made, and he said, are you ready, question mark, and then put emojis, trash or fire. So Keenan Allen couldn't keep his hand out of the cookie jar. He said, got to keep it banned, bro. This ain't it, and then put a trash can emoji. Le'Veon Bell did not take kindly to that. He said, hey, if you obviously... If you honestly felt that way, you could have just texted me and said that, LOL. But it seems even people with check marks want to troll to seek attention for mentions nowadays. Enjoy this buzz fuzz. It's all positive vibes. Keenan Allen then said it should have been your real friends that said it, though, at Le'Veon Bell. And then it kind of kept going from there. Barstool Sports picked it up and had an article on it. Good Morning Football was talking about it. But, David, it was pretty funny to see Keaton Allen calling Le'Veon Bell out on his rap. It is funny, especially because it's Twitter. Le'Veon Bell, are you lit- are you serious? Like, seriously going to get upset about that when you yourself put trash or fire uh, on your own song? Like, hello, Twitter is one of the most ruthless social media platforms on earth. Did you really expect this to go well? And do you not ex- Did you really expect people not? to give their honest opinion or just give an opinion whether you like it or not. That's what Twitter is all about. So if you're not ready for the fire, then get out of the kitchen. And he absolutely asked for it. I mean, he literally asked you, is it trash or is it fire? And Keenan Allen said it was trash. John, what did you make about this Twitter beef? I thought it was really funny. I was loving it. I was loving how Le'Veon Bell was offended as someone calling it trash when he clearly asked the question, is it if, if it wasn't, someone says it's trash, it's like, oh, I'm the victim now. I asked the question, but now I'm the victim. I'm offended. Like, if you don't want to hear about it, don't put it on Twitter. Don't put it on social media. Don't put it out there. 
you're asking opinions and you got an opinion. If you don't like getting opinions, then stick to football. You also like complaining about contracts. Stick to that. Yeah, it's just funny. I mean, my first thought was, hey, you had a year of no football to come up with a rap, and this is what you came up with? <laughs> Honestly, but I, I saw Casey Hayward had his back, and he was like, you asked for it. And then Mike Williams uh, tweeted and said, hey, Keenan Allen, release your raps before I leak them. So I, I don't know, maybe Keenan Allen has something in the works. Maybe we got some <laughs> uh, some diss tracks coming from Keenan Allen towards Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Who knows? But it was really funny. I mean, it did get people very up in arms about it, and I didn't really see a problem with it. I mean, he said he should have texted him, but it's like, why did you put it on Twitter then? It's not like you sent this as a text out to your closest friends and asked their opinions. You put it out to the public. You have to be ready for what comes back at you, and I don't think that he was at all. And the fact that he, he said even guys with blue check marks are looking to troll, I was like... <laughs> Oh my, how soft can you be, Le'Veon? You're a, a professional athlete. You can't take criticism. Come on now, get out of here. I just think it's funny that all like Twitter athletes and stuff like that, it's just say a very discouraging remark and then say, but all positive vibes, bro. Like it's just it's it's just how it goes every single time. Like, I mean, even Keenan Allen when he when he responded was just like, but all love though. It's like eh, not not all love though. Let's be honest. But I do want to stick with the Chargers and talk about another thing that's kind of caught the Twitter sphere on on fire today, and that is the Chargers 2019 draft hat. The hat they will be putting on all of their draft picks came out today, and it is a sight to see. If you have not seen it, promptly pause your podcast right now and check it out because you need to see it to be a part of this conversation. Well, uh, David, give me your thoughts on it. <laughs> Oh, my God. This thing is terrible. <laughs> I mean, come on. From a sports franchise that probably has some of the best, most fire uniforms that have ever been created, for that organization to come out with this particular hat is a disgrace to everything that they have done in their 57-year history. I think John has a perfect title for it. John, what did you say it was? I said it looks like the Baby Shark edition of the Chargers hat. Bingo! That's exactly what came into my head when I saw that hat. I just was like, man, Daniel, what were they thinking when they made this thing? Well, I think the big thing I is... the is, head bob when you're wearing that hat. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, it's not that far off from being a good hat. It's just, they just did way too much. They were too extra with it. They tried to force a Los Angeles flag, which I didn't honestly know existed, onto it, which totally clashes with the rest of the colors. They have three different, you know, primary colors on just the hat itself. They have the baby blue, the navy blue, and white on it with the yellow bolt. It's just, you have to see it to believe it type of thing. But I thought it was funny. Garrett Sisti was like, you cannot put this how on the Chargers' first-round draft pick. He said Ed Oliver, but you get the point. I, it, somebody is going to look like a fool with that hat on, but I guess every NFL team is coming out with a 100-year anniversary edition. I guess most of them are kind of weird-looking, so I don't think the Chargers are unique in that situation. But you know it's going to get shredded on Twitter because, like we mentioned in the previous topic, that's what Twitter does. They shred things. 
But, John, I do want to get your thoughts on something that came out today with the American Alliance of Football suspending all football operations. The AAF, as we know it, could be done. I didn't expect them to even last out. And just in the beginning, when they had to get a loan or borrow money from a, a Carolina Hurricanes owner, that alone just told me that this team is not managing their money right. They were also having trouble paying the players. They did not think this through. They literally rushed the process of this league. The XFL did that their first time existing, and they failed the same way, basically. This time, they're taking another a year to really put things together to make sure it comes together the right way and lasts a while. So to me, this is no surprise. And I'm wondering how many of these players, after showing some skill, might be on an NFL roster now because maybe it wasn't a complete waste to those players. I really hope it's not. And I, I feel for the people who are losing jobs because of this. I mean, we saw a lot of former Chargers, David, get kind of a second opportunity in the AAF and about six Chargers kickers. No, I think there was three. But either way, you saw a lot of guys get a second chance and a lot of guys get a chance to kind of platform and, and show their skills off to NFL teams before next season. So in that Way it's a shame. I definitely wanted San Diego to have a team as we all, you know, grew up San Diego Charger fans. It was nice to see them have a team, but I feel most for the players who don't get the opportunity now to showcase their skills. Yeah, I mean, especially in a city like San Diego where they lost their, you know, professional franchise a couple seasons ago. And then, you know, <laughs> another, you know, semi pro team is what I would like to call the fleet comes into town and the, the league, the organization doesn't have. You know, all their ducks in a row. They they rushed the product. They did not have the you know the full support and backing of the NFL, and it showed. I mean, this league could have been a conduit. It could have been another NFL Europe if it was done right. If they took the time to really build the foundation and then unveil the league when they were on stable footing, this could have been a good product because there are several aspects of the AAF that I personally truly enjoyed. I mean. You got to hear, you know, the 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 people who are reviewing plays, what their thoughts were. You know, a lot of the cameras, a lot of the microphones all over the field. That you know made for a good product, but you know they didn't have their financials in order, and unfortunately, we uh, see this league going down in flames before it really even gets off the ground. Yeah, it definitely wasn't planned, right? I think honestly, it tried to rush out to get out before. XFL and the other startups that are happening because there's several other ones who have to be very scared maybe happy that they don't have a competitor but if this league can't work with the names that were attached to it like Mike Martz and Bill Polian and Charlie Ebersole it's hard to think another one could be successful we will see but there was some good players in this league that got noticed I, there was a lot of bad players we know that the play itself was very uneven at best but there were a lot of good players and when it was rumored that the Carolina Hurricanes owner was really only investing to see its potential as far as gambling goes and then didn't see it, so now is the majority shareholder and wants to shut it down, it really sucks for that league. It really sucks, and it just sucks that they didn't have it planned out to be able to pay every player and every coach over one season. You would think that would be the bare minimum to get the league off the ground would be to have those guys be able to be paid over the first season and then you know go from there. But it does suck. We will see what happens. It's not officially done for, but the writing is on the wall. 
it looks like. So we'll have to see. But I do want to get into the draft prospects for the Chargers. A lot of names linked to the Chargers so far in the 2019 draft. So let's go ahead and start with the number one guy that I've been seeing mocked to the Chargers, and that's Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson coming up in the next segment. All right, guys, well, draft season is here. We have done our research. We have watched some film, and we have some guys we want to talk to you about, specifically first-round targets. I mean, we haven't gotten into the later rounds yet, but there's a lot of players that have been mocked to the Chargers, a lot of different ways we've seen the Chargers go as far as what the experts think are going to happen. I could see fits for almost all of them, but the number one guy we're going to talk about today is the guy I have seen the most. And that is Clemson defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence. So Dexter Lawrence isn't a flashy pick, in my opinion, for the Chargers, but he would serve a huge role on the Chargers defense that really needs a run stuffer. But just to give you a little bit about Dexter Lawrence before I let you guys get into your thoughts about it. He's a 6'4", 340-pound defensive lineman that ran just over five seconds in the 40, which is, I mean, crazy athletic. He's definitely a super athletic guy. He's a guy that's more known for run stopping than he his pass rushing. He did have six and a half sacks his freshman year and really nothing after that. But David, what were your first thoughts as you keep seeing these mocks come out with the Chargers taking Dexter Lawrence? What are your thoughts on him as a player? Well, Dexter Lawrence, a uh, big guy. I mean, mountain of a man, like you mentioned, you know, a natural read and react type of uh, defensive lineman. He's a guy who, you know, obviously he's huge, but he's also pretty athletic for his size. You know, he's just a natural run stuffer. But, you know, looking at the tape and look, just kind of looking at the overall product with Dexter Lawrence, he's a rotational type of guy. I mean, you know, the first season he averaged about 38 snaps, and then after that it was just 36 snaps a game. And so that led me to believe that, you know, he's not going to be on the field. He's not a three-down player. He's just that run stuffer. And I don't know if, you know, you want to look at taking a rotational type of player in the first round. I mean, the first round, you're, you're looking for impact guys, guys that are going to come in and make a difference right away. But, you know, hey, he does a couple of things really, really well. Uh, and so, hey, you know, the Chargers obviously have lacked depth on the defensive line for a long time. And is this the year that the Chargers invest in a first round or maybe fringe second round type of prospect in Dexter Lawrence? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, he's definitely a fringe prospect just because he could be a two-down player. And I think that's where you saw his lack of production in pass rushing situations in the last couple of seasons for Clemson because he wasn't on the field a lot in third downs. That's one of the main things I looked at when I was watching his games. I mean, he gets taken off the field on third downs because of his lack of pass rush. I mean, he has a pretty good bull rush. But he tries the club and rip move a lot, and it needs a lot of work. He gets stuck at the line of scrimmage, gets high, lets linemen get under his pads and get good leverage on him. So he could really pan out to be a first and second down player for the Chargers. But I think, you know, when you see the six and a half sacks as a freshman, I think there is upside, but you would have to coach him into that. He doesn't currently possess that kind of pass rushing prowess. John, what would you think about the Chargers? spending a first-round pick on a guy that could only play two out of the three downs, possibly. Well, what we're lacking is stopping the run. So if you 
you really want to commit to fixing that problem, this is a guy that could probably do that. And you can have other guys that can go after the quarterback. I mean, you have Bose and Ingram alone that manhandle this outside. So all you need is someone that even if they can't get to the quarterback and at least keep the quarterback in the pocket and keep them from running out and making the extending the play. So Bose and Ingram could take care of the sacks while Lawrence can maybe be a containment guy while also stopping the run. Because let's just face it, if we have a guy that can stop the run, we're going to have third and longs, so you don't really have to worry about whether or not he's in the game on third down. You can have somebody else that's a rotational player that could fix that, but you need to stop the run first or else we're going to have last season's struggles all over again because we already resigned Nebane and lost Phylon. So we already know right now we're already going to struggle stopping the run just defensive tackle-wise. Yeah, I like the point that you made there because part of the problem with the Chargers and getting sacks last season is they didn't put quarterbacks in third and long situations very often. This is a guy that can come in and be your day one starter. He played the three and the one technique in college, probably fits better as a one just to be that main run-stuffing, space-eater type of player in the middle, which he is absolutely good at. And with his pass rush, he can push the pocket on occasions. He's very good off the snap. He stuns linemen with that first initial punch. But like I said, can rely on the bull rush too much. He does get stuck. But he's uncommonly quick. He's pretty good at changing direction quickly, which is good for a guy that size. And it's not necessarily something that you think about. But he was suspended near the end of his career. So there are maybe some off-field concerns. And I know John is someone that does not like to take someone with any off-the-field off concerns. Yeah, that is something that bothers me, but I want to learn to research more into it and see exactly what it was, because it could have just been something that is not really a worry in the future. Like, for example, there's some guys that maybe missed a practice or something. Or I remember there was one guy in college one time that accidentally fell asleep because he was up all night studying for a a final that he was really bad at, and so the team teach him a lesson. Well, Dexter Lawrence got suspended for two games for testing positive for the banned substance Osterine. So uh, that's the specifics on why he got suspended. But they did say that he has passed all of his drug tests at the combine and all the other tests that he's had to take and has has had to take since then. Well, I think you're more comfortable with that than if he had, you know drug charges or gun charges or even you know tested positive for any kind of drug that got him suspended because that's something you know addiction and stuff like that is not something to be messed around with and that could lead to you know further suspensions down the road I Dabo Sweeney I mean had his players back in this situation which you don't always see coaches sometimes like to distance themselves from situations like this but I do think it's not something that is a huge concern with me for Dexter Lawrence. I think when you get him, you know what you get. And you also think that you can turn him into something that he's not already. I mean, you've seen other guys kind of like him, you know, Danny Shelton, Avita Vey, guys like that that have gone much higher in the first round who didn't really rush the passer particularly well. And Vita Vey is a pretty good, but none of those guys are known mainly for pass rushing. Most of them are known for run stepping. So I think you'll see what they want to get out of this with this pick because they could go with a guy like 
Jerry Tillery, who we'll talk about in a future show, who's more of an interior pass rusher at the three and, you know, was one of the best interior pass rushers in the country if he's available there. So I think this pick, I think the value is just about right. I think he's a late first rounder, early second rounder. And so I don't think taking him with the 28th pick would be a terrible move. But I think that it fits what you need so I could see it. But there's still a lot of other positions the Chargers have needs as well. So you would help your run defense a lot with this pick. But you would still have, you know, offensive tackle and safety and other picks you wouldn't be addressing that you'd have to hope you could find talent at later on in the draft as as opposed to trying to find, you know, a better talent and a very loaded defensive tackle draft later on in the draft. But I do want to talk about the offensive side of the ball and talk about Cody Ford, a guy who's been mocked to the Chargers in a few mock drafts and a guy that could potentially drop to them. He could get taken before. But Cody Ford is definitely a prospect I want to get into coming up right after this. All right, guys, now it's time to talk about the next target the Chargers might have in the 2019 draft. And it's another position of great need, offensive tackle. This guy, Cody Ford, out of Oklahoma, was one of the best linemen on one of the best offensive lines in college football last year and and performed extremely well for Oklahoma, blocking for Kyler Murray last season. He's got a 6'4", 348 pounds, so he has the size and the athleticism to play in the league. And he has a lot of pros and some cons, but I first I just want to know, David, what would you think about the Chargers taking a guy like Cody Ford in the first round of the draft? I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on Cody Ford just because he's kind of a tweener. I mean, do you, I mean, is he a tackle? Is he a guard? I mean, what is he going to play in the NFL? I think that's really going to be what determines whether I would feel comfortable with the Chargers taking him in the first round. Uh, I love his demeanor. I love his nasty streak. Uh, he's a little slow uh, getting out on his kick slides. He is a little bit susceptible in space when he when he's out in pass protection uh, and also, you know, in the run block, he, he just kind of gets beat by speed every once in a while. But when he locks on, you know, he, he's definitely nasty and he finishes his blocks, which is something I really, really enjoy out of an offensive lineman. But uh, I, I think there's some obvious uh, issues about Cody Ford, Daniel, and it gives me a little bit of hesitation about taking him in the first round. I'm more bullish on Cody Ford than both of you guys are. I really liked what I saw when I turned on the tape. I saw a guy that was pretty athletic, a guy that can mirror defenders on the edge, a guy that really, I mean, in one-on-one pass rushing situations was extremely good. He's the guy that only gave up seven pressures all of 2018 alone and only gave up one sack, and that was against Alabama. So I think he's a guy that produced extremely well and has a lot of good traits. He does have a lack of experience. This was really his only year as a starter. He has played different positions on that offensive line, but was never really the one guy that played there. He was just kind of a fill-in. So there is that as far as lack of experience. We really only have the one year of good right tackle tape to watch on him. But, John, I know you watch pretty much every Oklahoma game, and I'll pretend that you're not biased because you're a giant Texas Longhorns fan. But what did you think about Cody Ford? I personally think Cody Ford is going to be moving to guard and if that's the case, then you better hope that if the Chargers get him, that they believe Forrest Lamp could be our right tackle. Because I don't think 
he's going to be that good at right tackle with how bad he is pass, pass protecting wise. I don't think he's going to be that great at stopping guys, especially when we have Vaughn Miller and our comp and the Raiders are starting to move up a little bit. So I'm sure they're going to get themselves a nice little outside pass rusher. That's going to become really, really nasty. So if we're going to get him, we have to have confidence that four slams are right tackle or you got moved by soft draft seeing that he would go maybe 23rd or even 14th somewhere in that area so if he was the fall to us we'd get a lot of value at that position but that's only if we are okay with moving him to guard because if he's the right tackle i feel like he's going to be a bust yeah i i disagree a little bit i mean i think that he could end up being a guard i don't know how he's going to translate to the nfl that's the biggest question a lot of time with tackles like this is you just don't know how it's going to translate especially with a guy of his side who's who, like David said, is kind of a tweener as far as size. But what I saw from him, especially in pass protection on the edge and just getting on defenders, getting his hands on guys without having to hold and not allowing pressures, I thought that that was pretty good for a guy who really only played one year at right tackle. I think he has a lot of upside there, but I think when you're talking about, hey, you draft a guy as a tackle who you might have to move into guard reminds everyone too much of DJ Fluker which is not something any Charger fan wants to be reminded of because that was a a colossal disaster. But, hey, you're taking this guy later than you took DJ Fluker, obviously. And I think he's a guy who already pass protects much better than DJ Fluker with, you know, similar run-blocking abilities. So I really like Cody Ford. And, I mean, like you said, John, hey, if you draft this guy, you might not get the right tackle that you're looking for. But the good news is is you still need help at guard as well. I mean, you have Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp, who's still unproven as your guards going into next year. And I think those are both big question marks on this offensive line. So I think if a guy like Cody Ford falls to you, which is not a guarantee because I've seen him going as high as 16th by some mock drafts, I think that you're getting a good value there and you still might need help on your offensive line, David, but you did that to yourself when you gave yourself multiple positions on the offensive line that need to be addressed going into the draft. Yeah. I mean, you have a weakness at left guard. You have a weakness at right tackle, obviously. I mean, your other guard really wasn't that great. Your center wasn't that great. I mean, the only guy who was really a standout on the on the offensive line was your left tackle Russell Okun everyone else I mean you could really put a question mark or you know kind of put a you know subpar you know grade on on their performance last year so there are definitely a lot of aspects to this offensive line that are not that attractive as of this moment can they be corrected yes but should this be a problem right now absolutely not You've just given yourself very little wiggle room as far as you need to go into this draft and get starters at free safety, starters at offensive tackle and guard, maybe one of the two at least, maybe if you want to kick Forrest Lamp out to right tackle, which he played tackle in college, so that wouldn't be that much of a stretch, but you have a lot of holes to fill. I think Cody Ford, as far as tackle prospects, is pretty high because the lower you get after Cody Ford, the more holes you're going to get in these guys' games. But what I do love about this guy is he plays extremely hard. He has the numbers of last season to prove that he can hold up against the pass rush, even though it's in a conference that doesn't generate a ton of it and doesn't generate a ton of defense. I still thought from the games that I watched that he played extremely well. But, you know, like a lot of guys, 
this guy only has one year of experience. So it's really hard to tell how good this guy is going to be. But I wouldn't have a huge problem with the Chargers about, take, taking a chance on him in the first round. What about this, Daniel? What if you had someone like Andre Dillard there or even Greg Little, even though Dillard's a left tackle and maybe you move him to right? But like, what, what would you think about taking one of those guys if they were to fall, even though you have to move them around the offensive line as well? Uh, I haven't watched a ton of Greg Little, but right now my preference would be Cody Ford. But I haven't really gotten into the tape yet on him. I do want to talk about him in later shows. And my thing with Dillard is I like him a lot, especially in pass protection, which is his specialty. I think he's one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. But I, after his combine, I just think it's less and less chance that he's going to fall to the Chargers. I think there's just too many teams that need help on the offensive line because there's not a lot of great offensive lines in the league. So I wanted Dillard at first. I remember that first mock draft we ever talked about. They had him going to the Chargers. And I just, I really don't think at this point that he's going to fall to them, which is disappointing. I've seen some people say, you know, trade up to get one of these guys between him and Juwan Taylor or Jonah Williams from Alabama and Taylor from Florida. Both of those guys are really good. I don't think the Chargers are going to have a chance at any of those three guys, unfortunately. There is a guy like Dalton Risner out of Kansas State who I want to talk about on the next show who could potentially be a good fit, and his draft stock has been rising rapidly. I've seen some tape on him, and he's another nasty blocker. That would be a lot of fun to watch. But, you know, we're doing the best with what we have available. So there are a few other tackles that could drop to the Chargers that I want to talk about in the next show. But for right now, I would be okay with taking Cody Ford because I think even if he doesn't work out at tackle, I think you would still get yourself a very good offensive lineman that you could turn into a guard if you had to. I just don't have a lot of faith that the Chargers offensive line staff would be able to get him there. So that's my big drawback with this pick. But hey, they got, you know, a guy in Sam Tevy where he wasn't good, but they got that out of a sixth round pick, a starting right tackle to play below average, you know, but still got some use out of him. And Michael Schofield, who nobody expected everything, anything from had some pretty good moments over the last couple of seasons, but that is going to wrap things up for today's show. There's a lot of guys I want to talk about in the next show. I'm thinking right now it's going to be Jerry Tillery, Dalton Risner, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety slash corner out of Florida. Those are the guys I'm thinking about right now, but we'll continue with talking about first-round prospects for the Chargers on the next show. Until then, make sure you subscribe to us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers. And if you guys want to tell us who you want to pick in the draft and in the first round, make sure to call the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323 524 seven nine two four we play every voicemail on the show it's been a while so if you're the first one in a while we will celebrate you till the end of the day but thanks again make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from whether that's himalaya or spotify or apple podcast google podcast wherever you get your podcast from and leave us a review we would really appreciate it and the best way to listen to the locked on chargers podcast is by telling your smart assistant when you get in your car Play podcast, Locked On Chargers. Most of the shows are about the average commute for most people to get to work. So that's the best way to hear the podcast. And you will always get the latest show 
if you say that to your smart assistant. But hey, we will be back with the draft later on in the week. Thanks for waiting for this show, guys, while we took care of some issues. We will be back with you guys next time. Take it easy and go Bolts.